Hello, and welcome to Monumental, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, leaders, visionaries, and big thinkers making monumental change. Here's your host, Evan Holliday. What is up, everybody? We are here in the Monumental Studios. I'm your host, Evan Holliday, and today we have with us my man, Felipe, Felipe, how are you doing? Dude, I'm good. First of all, it is beautiful in here. So, so nice. Thanks for having me, dude. Yes. Excited to be here today. Yes, excited to have you, man. Thanks. Um, so a little background before we dive in. So uh, we first got connected through uh, Ryan Murdoch. Yes, Ryan, Ryan Murdoch. Murdoch was going on his cross-country uh, mobile home park tour <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, last summer and he hit both of us up and we all yeah. had lunch together and we hit it off and we're like man we gotta reconnect yeah yeah and uh, then we randomly ran into each other literally across the street uh, both at mastermind events in Destin Florida yep. what two weeks ago and so here we are today recording this monumental podcast that's an interesting story because I remember uh, I don't remember if I text I think I texted you or you were texting Ashley uh, and I was like, hey, where, where, you're in Florida too, or, or you saw my story or something about like, we're yeah. in Florida. And I was like, oh, where are you at? And you were like, Destin or something. And I dropped you my location. And yeah. then you dropped me yours, right? And I thought you copied and pasted my location. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. What are you, what? I was like, no, where are you at? <laughs> and you were like, across the street. And I was like, no way. So that was funny. It was wild. I yeah, yeah, literally yeah, it was, across it the street. Um, so a little bit about Felipe before we get started in today's yeah. episode. Um, he, he is a man of many, many awesome businesses and impact. Uh, he does all different types of real estate investing. How many units are you up to now? So we do, we have 21, 18 in-house and the rest are out, out of state. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, so 21 units, he has a wholesaling business. Uh, he has an e-commerce business mm -hmm. and to top it all off, he also runs a pretty amazing mastermind rat race to FI, financial independence. Uh, and I got to see that, I got to witness that in Destin a couple weeks ago. So a phenomenal group. Yeah. So absolutely. Felipe, with that, let's just kind of dive into a little bit of your story. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, yeah, so we, so I'll start from what we have or what we're doing now and then I'll kind of go back to the beginning. But we do, we have rat race to FI, so it is the, the mastermind group. And you got to see like a very uh, intimate portion of it. So we have 70 active members but we in the retreats we obviously can't take that many due to covid uh but we do have um like retreats where we have like 15 20 max in a huge we try to buy the biggest house that we can afford so there's <laughs> plenty of space um and then we really just get like deep into you know each other's stories and try to help each other out with the difficulties that the people are going through uh to get them to that next level uh, so that's the mastermind. Uh, we're really intentional about what we do there. Um, there's like no sales pitches and none of that kind of stuff. But more than that, we uh, then I do have real estate, like we said, 21 units, um, blessed with that, uh, as well as an e-commerce business. So we have three e-commerce stores, two on Amazon and one on Walmart, which people don't even mm. know that you can like sell on Walmart, which <laughs> is crazy because people are like, oh, you sell on Amazon or eBay? Like, yes, but also Walmart. Uh, so that one's really, really good. The return on that is ridiculous. It's like 25%. I'll tell you about it after. Um, we also have a credit repair company that I forgot to mention. Um, oh, yeah. And that one was really hard because credit repair seems to have like a stigma behind it. Like, it's okay. We all know. Like a shady or whatever, right? Uh, but I think it's because like no one's took it serious or done it the right way and in an honest way. Um, and 
I always preface that with like, you can't fix your own credit. You don't need us. We are definitely more of like, I don't have time to do that. Can someone take care of this? Four or five months later, your credit's clean again yeah. from all the negative on there. Um, so that's what we do. Uh, we take really, we take pride in that. And basically the reason we have the three businesses that we have where I partner with my uh, business partner, Diego Corzo, is, um, so the mastermind was due to a lack of affordable, and this is going to be because you're affordable housing, so I'd love to give that <laughs> to you, but we wanted affordable mentorship for everyone, right? Yeah. Um, and what we did was we found the average cost of mentorship from its lowest to its highest, and it seemed to be right at about 25K annually for someone to have a very good solid mentor. So we charged 2,500 for a mentor for a year. Wow. So we charge like literally I think it was like 10%, right? Like we do the best yeah. we can so anybody can afford it. Yeah. Um, so that was why we started Rat Race to Fi. Uh, the reason we started the e-commerce business was because a lot of people's second reason why they couldn't get involved in real estate was they couldn't find a second source of income that didn't cut into their already 40, 50, 60 sometimes hour work, work week, right? So we were like, how do we help these people out? So we eventually found e-commerce through, shout out to my business partner, Christian Trujillo, awesome dude, uh, serves in the military, He's an immigrant from, uh, um, oh shoot, not Venezuela. Uh, oh, he's gonna hate me because I forgot. <laughs> anyway, so he's here, he's in the military, but he needed e-commerce to create those second sources of income. Um, so that's why we started the e-commerce business so we can help other people start second sources of income without having to um, you know, spend tons of hours working and, and e-commerce does that for you. And then the credit repair was because a lot of people couldn't get into real estate because their credit wasn't where it needed to be. So that's why we have the businesses that we have aside from the real estate. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's, I find that fascinating. I think I've, I've, you know, following you over the last six, eight months on yeah. Instagram, I'm like, like, man, how, like, how does he have all the time in the world <laughs> for a credit business, a wholesale business, an e-com business, yeah. a real estate investing business, a mastermind business? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot, but a you've lot. been very successful doing and being able to, to juggle and maintain and, and um, what's the word, um, excel throughout mm -hmm. all that. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, so I have a mentor, not a lot of people know who he is. I keep him very under the, uh, under the table. His name is Dom, he's from Canada. Um, and he, he told me once something that hit really hard to home. He said, the moment you can afford it, outsource it. Yep. Like, if the moment you can afford it, I guarantee you, someone can do it better than you. 100%. And when you can accept yeah. that, like your business is really gonna grow. So that's kind of what I do. The moment we can afford to outsource uh, a product and still make 10, even 10%, like whatever we can, yeah. like it's, it's gonna be outsourced so that we can uh, continue to grow on what we're good at. So what, what for you, let's take a step back. Sure. Felipe, before all the businesses, uh, what was that like and then how did you transition? Like what was the first business? Sure. So starting out way from the beginning, uh, real estate was my bread and butter. That's, that's kind of where it all started. And it started because, um, so when I was 11 or 12, my parents got divorced. Uh, right here in Nashville is where I grew up. But my parents got divorced in like the Latin culture, like the, the, the man makes the money and like the woman stays home and makes the mm -hmm. home and everything. Um, so when my parents got divorced, all that money went with my dad. And what happened was my mom was left with the house, a mortgage, and not really a great job. So she would, she cleaned houses. My mom's always done that just to like make extra income, but like she really had to scale that a little bit more. Uh, but what she did was we had a, a two story home, but the, the downstairs was just like a small loft and a two car garage. Um, no idea why we had a two car garage. We didn't even have probably two cars, <laughs> but we converted that into bedrooms, living spaces and uh, an extra bathroom. So we rented that out and that covered our mortgage. 
So I always explain that that like people tend like like in that situation we felt like the water was at our neck. I don't want to say that we were poor by any means because my mom like super hustled for us not to be, but one slip of the pool and like we were gonna yeah, feel that water. So what real estate did in that situation for us by converting that basement was dropping the water more maybe towards our you know, like chest area or even belly and then like okay great like maybe we can't afford you know mcdonald's now like maybe we can get something to go um and all of a sudden things started changing and then from that i took that experience and was like okay i can 10x this you know post high school and college i was like i can definitely do that just a lot of times over um and that's how i got started in real estate and you know it's just kind of flourished from there that's amazing. Yep. So it almost came out of a necessity of saying, hey, how do we hustle and make our way out of this situation that we don't want to be in? 100%. Yep. And then, what, you just you fell in love with it. You're like, hey, <laughs> this is my spot. No, 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 not at all. Actually, coming out of college, I wanted to be a police officer. Like, that was my okay. goal since growing up here in Nashville and then more, more subsidy in Antioch, Tennessee. So, like, you know where Antioch is. It's, like, the biggest subsidy in Nashville. But it's like also probably one of the poorest and, uh, you know, so that's where I grew up. I was like, okay, I want to go back and serve like that community. Like I wanted to work in Antioch. I'm bilingual. I'm Hispanic. I grew up in Antioch. Like this is going to be great for me. Right. Uh, unfortunately I didn't get in. Uh, well, I'll take that back. I got into the Academy. I was in there for three days and then I was let go. Um, the trainer was like, we actually have enough Latino police officers. Like you're good to go. Oh my God. That was it. <laughs> if you've heard my bigger pockets episode, there's like wow. a giant story there. Uh, but that was the effort. That was that was really it. Um, and I was like, okay, that sucks. Um, I'd figure something else Jeez. out. <laughs> but it's interesting because wow. real estate was always in my background. Yep. So so going out of that, you know, that sounds terrible. Just the experience of that. Yep. I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of people unfortunately have to go through similar mm-hmm. situations like that. Yeah. Um, what what was that like going into real estate? And now you're up to 21 units. Mm-hmm. How did you, like going back to delegating, mm-hmm. how did you first get to a point where you were first delegating? Sure. So, okay, so I got to, um, I got, first my goal was to reach financial independence. Um, and then, like, reaching that, I realized that financial independence is missing a letter, and that's time. So, a lot of people will have financial independence, like, yeah, like, they they have the money coming in from rental incomes and like they don't have to work at their nine to five, but now they're working for themselves. And people are like, oh, I just want to work for myself. And yeah. I'm like, dude, that's sometimes <laughs> twice as hard. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah, you can leave a 40 hour work week, but now you're working 80 hours for yourself. And then I had my son and I was like, okay, I can't do this forever. I can't work 60 hours for myself, not to work 40 hours for someone else. Exactly. And I was like, I have to figure this out. Work nights and weekends and yeah. Cutting into that quality time. A hundred percent. So what I did was, um, and this was where I learned the lesson, then I'll get into outsourcing. Um, so I bought a six unit apartment complex in Cookville, Tennessee. I think you might know where that is. Uh-huh. I went to school out there at Tech, at Tennessee Tech University. Um, and very quickly, it was taking up a lot of my time. Like I didn't realize how much time, even just a small six unit apartment complex was going to take. And I was like, okay, this is cash flowing. I've, I'm making like two grand a month in cash flow. Like this is fantastic. But the work is like, I'm working the same as if I was working a job. So I, I, and I didn't know systems and processes and none of that. So I read a book called Life and Air. I was telling you about it earlier. Uh, and it kind of put into perspective what my real life goals were, what I wanted for my family, for my wife, for my kid, like what I really wanted. And at this time my son was born. His name is Armando, awesome little kid. But he was born with something called SPD. And it's not like 
something uh, you know way out there. I know other people have it way harder than we do, but SPD is just basically like sensory processing disorder. So if something loud noises, uh, maybe even this light would like really bother him, hmm. uh, just because his his sensory is is like boosted. Yeah. But wow. there's positive to those too. So like when he gives me a hug. It's like a hug like you've never got before. <laughs> like he's gonna hold on and squeeze because he like really feels that emotion. Uh, but also like a siren goes by and he's like running to my arms and holding his ears. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, I gotta be home to help my wife more. Like this isn't yeah. like just her job, it's mine too. Um, so what I did was I ended up selling the six unit apartment complex and bringing all that money back to Nashville. I bought one single family home cash that was giving me $1,500 in cash flow. Cause it was cash. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I like this better. So I focused on doing that, um, buying houses, cash or, or as much as I could. Um, and I know like that ROI doesn't make sense. That COC doesn't like none of that makes sense numbers wise. But once you find your, why you're doing what you're doing, all of a sudden, like you, you have more of a focus on one of them. Like I want cash flow because cash flow equals time. And when I realized that cash on cash went out the window, return yeah. on investment went out the window, like all that for me was like, yes, I could be a multimillionaire somewhere else with this money, but I'm okay living in this two, three, $400,000 a year range. I don't have to be a, like a multimillionaire or a millionaire cash flow guy. Like dude, 200,000, 300,000 cash flows. That's still really nice. Yeah. And people don't get that, that there's a difference between a hundred thousand and a million. Like there's a lot in between there. And, and you brought up a good point of like the, uh, the ROI, the cash on cash, mm -hmm. like all that stuff is, is literally just stuff that we made up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think we, and I, and I saw a great post about it. Like, you know, everything that, everything that all of us are doing, we're all just making up as we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so you know this this idea of like hey we have to hit a metric that we put that stress and that you know that those rules and those boundaries on ourselves mm -hmm. and you sounds like you realize that and we're like hey I don't have to conform to everybody else's rules I make my own rules and you also live your life on your own terms when you do that you say mm -hmm. hey cash flow is important to me and semi passive cash flow at that to allow me to gain more time with my family and my son and my wife a hundred percent. And so that's where the, um, you know, outsourcing work came, uh, where it was like, okay, how quickly can I afford to pay someone to do this so that now I don't have to. Yeah. And, and Evan, that goes into like, even like cooking and cleaning. Yeah. Um, like we have, we have a chef that cooks our meals and then sends them to our house. And then we just have our meals three or four times. We do the same thing. And, and people, I like, I don't, I don't, I, I get it because like when I was younger, I was like, oh, rich folk do that, right? Yeah. But it's about the time that it gives you back. I don't yep. spend 45 minutes at the grocery store. I don't spend another 45 minutes cooking and I don't spend another 20 minutes cleaning the dishes, right? I get to enjoy 30 minutes of meal with my family as crazy as it is with my son, <laughs> but I get to enjoy that crazy. Yeah. And then that hour, other hour and a half, as long as I do something with it productive, then it's worth someone else cooking it for me. Because now I have an hour and a half to network, to um, maybe close another deal, maybe analyze three or four more deals and figure out if that's gonna work for me. So as long as I put that time to proper use, then I can, I can say, yeah, I'm definitely gonna pay X amount for a meal because now I have an hour and a half bought back of my time. So that's, that's kind of like the mindset that we yeah. got when it was like outsource, outsource, outsource. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's, and we've talked a little bit about this on Monumental in the past, so like it's so important to 
put a value and a, and a price on your time. Yes. And what is that worth to you to spend an hour doing something? Uh, and then what are the lowest value items that you know need to get done, but you could just as easily outsource for a much lower rate and free up your time. I mean, it's crazy the, the amount of things we've, that was a focus of mine in 2020 was like, how can I build a team around myself, build a team around holiday ventures, uh, and, and like you said, even personal things, like how can I outsource like travel planning? How can I outsource cooking meals? How can I outsource cleaning our house? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really do much of that anymore because we realize we're like, hey, those things need to get done, but it doesn't have to be us. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, now we're able to do more deals. We're able to have more fun. We're able to network on a Saturday morning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think it's really important for anyone to realize that to like how many decisions you make in a day versus how many like financial decisions you make, right? Like yeah. to to gain your freedom. So if you're in the morning, what am I gonna have for breakfast, lunch, dinner? Who's gonna clean my house? Who's gonna wash my clothes? And and so forth and so on. All those decisions. What about like who's gonna take care of me? Who's gonna take care of my mental health, my spiritual health, my financial health? Like who's gonna take care of me healthy and I need to do that for me and my family? I don't need to be worrying about who's gonna cook, clean, do all these things. And past that, I don't need my wife doing that either. Like I need my wife like helping us grow together and like raise my son to, you know, not be an a-hole, right? Like (laughs) he needs to be a loving, caring guy, right? And it's my responsibility for my son to grow up to be, you know, a good person. Um, and same thing with my wife. It's our responsibility to grow something together. And it doesn't make sense for her to spend four hours a week, you know, cleaning home. It's like, she's probably a lot smarter than me. So yeah. let me leverage that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and, and so with all of the, the multiple different business lines sure. that you have, have you, have you partnered in those businesses or have you found strategic partnerships or or delegated some of that for each of those different businesses? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So if anyone follows me for any amount of time on Instagram, they know that I am not the brightest color in the crayon box. I'm probably like the brown. Get it? Brown. Come on, that's <laughs> a <laughs> bad joke. No, like, like I was, okay, so what I do is I leverage other people's strengths against my strengths and uh, our weaknesses basically like, so my weakness is his strength, his strength is my weakness on my business yeah. partner. So for example, Diego Corzo and I started Rat Race to Fi, the mastermind, the credit repair company, um, and we have rental property here in Antioch together. Um, he's really good, numbers, running spreadsheets, making sure everything is uh, like streamlined, our bills and like all that kind of stuff, making sure the bank accounts are all set up, just making sure everything looks clean and cut for banks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really good at like managing contractors and like taking care of, you know, all the boots on the ground stuff. For example, right now I got a painter working at one of the houses, like before I got here, I set him up, everything is kosher. Um, so it's like, okay, that's your strength. This is my strength. My weakness is your strength and vice versa. Yeah. That goes really, really far. And people make the mistake of partnering with other like-minded individuals. People that are like them. Which I have found to not work as well. Right. Um, and that is how we structure our partnerships. Um, and I have three partners. So I have Christian, um, Diego, Xavier, and no, sorry, Druvin. So four partners in, in what we do uh, in different real estate or different aspects. And all of them are completely different. Like if I had them here in the room, you'd be like, what? Like, no, no, like you and Felipe are like not, like in school, we probably wouldn't have been friends because we're like complete <laughs> opposites. But now we're great business partners because we understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. I love that. And, and what what for you, like how have you gone about finding these partners and, and also going into these 
you know, for, for me and probably everybody listening, they're like, man, those, those could be seen as very vastly different business models. Uh, how have you learned new business models and then how have you figured out the right partners for those? So I don't worry so much about the business. I worry about the partner. The business is going to take care of itself. I can grow a landscaping company with Diego because I know what I'm good at and I know what he's good at. Yeah. We can literally do, I can start a car sale. It doesn't matter. The business is almost irrelevant, which is cool because now we get to choose to, to do businesses on what we love because Diego and I, or Christian and I, or some of my business partners and I, uh, we know what each other likes and loves to do. And I'm not going to call, for example, one of my business partners and be like, Hey, can you handle this contractor? Because he's being a real douche right now. And like, da 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 da. And it's like, no, I know that that's what I'm good at. Yeah. I'm not going to call Diego. Now I'm going to call Diego and say, Hey, can we have an alignment meeting? I'd love to see the financials on fill in the blank. Absolutely. Do I know what I'm looking at? Probably not. I just get the check because <laughs> Excel sheets stress me out. But or or whatever he's using. <laughs> know your strengths and weaknesses. Know your strengths and weaknesses. So for me, it's just like we can build businesses um, really to our liking because now we know what each each one is good at. And if we say we're going to take on a business, we're like, okay, Felipe's good at this. Diego's already good at this. It, it, it's great. And I'll say one last thing. In a partnership you should always be excited to answer your per- your business partner's phone. Yeah. If if you find yourself like <laughs> I really don't want to don't want to take this call, yeah. You you might need to have a serious conversation yep. with that person because you don't want to drag that out. Diego I, and I or Christian or whatever, yeah. like it's just it's oh my gosh, he's calling. Hey, what's up, dude? Like it's it's just like that. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I had this conversation <laughs> this week uh, with somebody. He's like he's like, "You know, we just decided that you know, we don't want to do business with people that we don't want to talk to on the phone. I was like, yeah, that's a very good way to put it because, yeah, at the end of the day, work with people you want to work with. There's yeah. billions of people in this world. We don't have to work with people we don't enjoy working with. Exactly. 100% agree with that. So how did you, uh, how did you learn the e-com business and, and the wholesaling business? Great question. So... Uh, e-commerce, like I said earlier, we found we, we wanted to jump into this business because we saw that a lot of people couldn't create sequences of income without spending more hours for time, and that wasn't the goal. So we partnered with one of the best in the best, uh, Christian Trujillo, and what we did was we did a little research on trying to find someone who's in e-commerce that's not like a guru or trying to sell you <laughs> a $30,000 course. Um, and we found this guy, Christian, who is an awesome dude, you know, heart the size of this, the side of this building. Um, and we were like, dude, can you show us how to do this and we'll show you real estate? And he said, yeah. So we went out through, uh, and, and just Instagram, how I found it just on Instagram, like looking at different people. Yeah. Um, and we flew him out to Austin, Texas. We went out to this like little, little wine country or little wine looking town, uh, had some great wine over the weekend <laughs> and just like dug into each other. Like, yeah. Hey, what are you like? like? We really just got to know each other for a weekend. Um, and he showed us e-com and I was like, holy hmm. cow, dude, this is real life. Like people yeah. really do this. And he's like, yeah. And he, it was funny because in his mind, this was normal. Like drop shipping, e-commerce, selling yeah. was just normal to him. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then he would tell us like, holy cow, dude, I can save on taxes like this. And I was like, yeah, like depreciations. <laughs> yeah. And you can he's like mind blown about real yeah, estate. Exactly. I was like, dude, you've been paying how much in taxes? No, dude. Like, okay, <laughs> use some of that income to do this. <laughs> and it, we just had a great weekend. Yeah. Uh, so we've been leveraging each other's strengths and weaknesses against that. And he really taught us e-com. And now we teach it kind of to the masses uh, for people to learn how to do it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so <clears throat> segueing that into the mastermind, mm-hmm. what, what inspired you guys to start Rat Race Defy? 
Yeah, so I'll never forget Diego Corzo and I were. Did you go to the Bigger Pockets conference when it came to Nashville? Yeah, in yeah. Nashville. Okay, so Diego Corzo and I both went to there and Xavier, which I think were. The, I, I, I didn't meet any other Latinos <laughs> at that conference except them two. Uh, and they're both my business partners now. The, the only two Hispanic guys that's that I found there. Anyways, so I, I I sat down and had a cup of coffee with Diego, uh, kind of just like this. We we're at it was it was in between breaks of one of the events. Um, actually, I think it was right before Josh Dorkin's amazing uh, um, speech that he gave. Uh, we sat down and we were like, dude, there's not a lot of people here that look like us. <laughs> we were like, there's not a lot of people here that look like us. It's like, do you feel? And we we felt fine, but we were like, man, like, who's mentoring? not you know the average investor yeah right you look in the mirror and you see you're like yeah i don't look like all the other guys so we were like man let's 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 try to help like them out uh and that's where rat race was born and then from there what we did was we just did a bunch of instagram lives like we are right now and uh we just you know started talking to people and just answering questions that people had and it could be simple questions like what is what is an hoa in a community hmm. or like how do i get a down payment for this but people are interested um, so we just started answering questions and then we just got flooded with DMs. Wow. I mean, just, uh, just an ungodly amount that we couldn't get to. So we opened up Rat Race to five wow. where we can help others. That's amazing, man. So it just started by you and Diego just doing lives? Yep. Just on Instagram. Just like wow. that. Wow. He would be in Austin and I would be in Nashville and we would cross collab Instagrams. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that goes to the point of like just putting yourself out there and creating content and mm -hmm. creating value. Mm -hmm. Um, you know just be of service like you know we we got some lives going on right now with mm -hmm. the podcast um you know put yourself out there and be of service that's, that's really really cool and i love that you started from like you and diego like hey let's be intentional about bringing more education to hispanic uh real estate investors mm -hmm. because i think you're right i think they're underrepresented mm -hmm. uh in the real estate community well and it's it's anybody i mean we are just latinos that and we wanted to help other Latino as well, but everyone, I mean, we, we helped right. everyone. It right. wasn't just like for Hispanic, but, but definitely we were like, there is not a Hispanic or a Latino, like, uh, you know, person helping. And we were like, man, we want people to feel comfortable and yeah. so maybe see somebody on a platform that looks like them. Uh, so that's why we did it. That's powerful. And yeah. that was what, like a year ago, a year and a half ago? About a year and a half. Yeah. And now wow. we have a waiting list of like 50 people <laughs> wow. trying to get in. So how did that, how did that transpire? Like if, if we have monumental listeners saying, Hey, I want to put together a mastermind like rat race, sure. or I want to be a part of a mastermind like that. Like yeah. what is, what are, how did that transpire? So there's two, two questions there. I'll give you two answers. So how do you do something like that? It's like you said, be of service. Like what you know is what Diego Corzo calls your unfair advantage. Like what you know, like it, like, no, like it's very small percentage of people that know what you know. So it's like almost, you could say your responsibility to get that information out there. Yeah. Um, also growing up, I saw that like the conversations of wealth and real estate were always had like behind closed doors, rich folk. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I grew up that way. I grew up, you know, what we have here, this beautiful stuff. So I, can probably promise you that I probably cleaned some of these construction houses, right? <laughs> so I started in, but I would hear those conversations. Yeah, People would be like, hey, can I you know, borrow this money to do that? Can I use your line of credit to open this? I'm gonna refi, I'm gonna pay you. And I'm like, man, why aren't these conversations being had in school? Why doesn't the average person know mm -hmm. about these things? Um, so if you know something that you know is kind of talked behind closed doors and you wanna start a mastermind, educate people on that. 
like yeah. educate people on the things that you know you know that are that are what we call your unfair advantage um, and just kind of give back to other people that's how you can start a mastermind by like having knowledge that you know is unfair that not everyone knows and do that right so that's that's what we did like we know how to talk to banks yeah. we know how to do that we know what they want to see right we know that they want to see cash flow and so we help other people to do that as well i love that mm -hmm. and and i think it like you said it comes from place of service and then and then it really just kind of snowballs from there if if you provide the massive amount of service that people are looking for then uh, and then taking that saying, Hey, how can we, how can we meet in person? How can we meet online? Mm -hmm. Like you've, you guys have done an amazing job of saying, Hey, let's, let's create meetups. Let's do a Facebook group. Let's, uh, do mastermind events in mm -hmm. Destin. So taking that and scaling it up and saying, Hey, let's create like a culture of people that all believe in the same thing mm -hmm. and let's put each other in the same room. Cause we can together, you know, one plus one equals a hundred really, mm -hmm. if you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the, the mastermind is, is our baby. It's like, so we also saw that like, and this isn't a shot to anyone, but you don't need a, that, that, that professional or that pro member account. You don't need like these things that are like people. Okay. So people will join masterminds, get pro accounts, pay for a bunch of books because they feel like they're taking action. Cause you hear that a lot. Take action, right, take right. action. And, and that's not what that means. Take action means, yeah, educate yourself, but then take action on that education. And if you're not, then that education is just entertainment, right? Yeah, you don't watch Netflix, but you listen to 100 podcasts, but what did you do with that? Yeah. No, well then you just you know substituted Netflix for podcasts, but you didn't actually do anything. That's still just entertainment. So take action on what you learn and yeah. teach it to others, and you're gonna do great. I, I've noticed like with everything you're doing, you think big. Mm -hmm and you come from a place of impact. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what inspired you to think big in the first place and, and have that massive impact and help other people? Yeah, so um, <laughs> probably my mom. So when my parents got divorced, I saw my mom really struggling and like, yo, like, how'd you get us out of that, right? And I'll never forget a question that I asked my mom in 2008 during the recession, like as soon as it hit. Um, I graduated high school in 08 and went to college in 2010. Um, so I skipped a year. Mm -hmm. uh, I just went to work for a little while. And I asked my mom, I was like, well, after I graduated college, I said, mom, how did you pay for my college cash? Cause my mom paid college mm. cash, wow. like all of it. And what happened in 2008? Like, how did you get through that? Like it, I was, I was a young kid. Like I don't remember. <laughs> Not understanding. Yeah. And my mom's honest to God answer. And she looked me dead in my eyes. She's like, what happened in 08? She didn't feel any of it. Hmm. And I was like, what like the crash like everyone lost their stuff and she was like well we had renters so i never not paid my mortgage and i was just cleaning homes so uh i just i mean people still had to get their house cleaned i guess she was like so i, I don't know and, and i was like wow like she really didn't feel any of that because of real estate I mean, she didn't. She she knows it now, but at that moment, she yeah. didn't realize that she didn't have a stress of her mortgage payment because of real estate. Because of she was renting her downstairs. Right. Growing up, I hated it. I was like, oh my god, why do people live in our basement? It's so freaking weird. <laughs> but now, like, that's all I do, right? Yeah. <laughs> in my basement, and yeah, uh, not me, but like, in our oh, home. There's a there's a dining room. Let's make that a bedroom. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I was like, 
So, so I saw my mom, you know, echarle ganas is what we say in Spanish, which means like she, she just gritted through things. Yeah. Um, and that has given me the advantage of seeing that firsthand and not being, uh, you know, entitled, I guess you could say. I was like, no, like I got to earn everything I got. Um, and that, that's really been my motivator to like continue to, 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 to grow and scale. I love that. Yep. Say that again. Enchale ganas. <laughs> no, say it one more time. That was really good. Say it Enchale ganas. <laughs> Enchale ganas. Enchale ganas. There you go. I love it. Yeah. Guys, write that down or, or look that up. Um, that's really cool. That's a good one. Um, yeah, side note, I love Jeanette shares with me mm -hmm. uh, different Spanish idioms or phrases. And where's your wife from? Uh, most of her family's from Venezuela. Venezuela. Colombia. And Colombia. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. And so, she, she shares what now? She shares Spanish idioms like that where it's like, uh, like she told me one of them is like dos colitas. Yeah. Like the, um, if you're coming to your braided uh, hair, mm -hmm. coming asking for something. Yeah, las dos colitas. Yeah. <laughs> so I pick up little things here and there. I love it. That's hilarious. Um, so, so really what is the, what is the next, what is the next iteration or the next phase for Felipe and, and your impact in your businesses? Yeah, um, so right now we're just focusing um, on helping other people through our businesses. So like I said, Rat Race, e-commerce, and uh, credit repair were built to help people uh, get into real estate or find financial freedom. So our goal right now is really to grow that without like having us to work more. So continue to find assistance that can help us, whether it's virtual or that we hire in-state. Um, and it's just really growing that and then my portfolio Seems to really now be kind of growing on its own like it's really organic Like people know exactly what I'm looking for and they bring me just that hmm. because I say no to a lot Yeah, like I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no like oh actually that one does work. Let's bid on it lost it Okay, that's fine. I'm not actively like finding deals mm -hmm. like by now people know what I'm looking for and it's just super organic for example yesterday um, there was a property in Augusta, Georgia. I probably shouldn't even say that live or on your podcast. Edit that part out so people don't know where <laughs> I'm going. No, um, we found a house out there. Um, they, the gentleman wanted 62,000 for it. I offered him 55. It needs 10,000 in repairs and rents for like close to 900 bucks. And it's wow. like, it's that like, okay. So in your head, you probably just thought about the cash on cash, the yeah. net, like the return on investment. All I saw was 900 bucks cash flow. Yeah. Like, cause I'm gonna pay cash for it. So I was like, Okay, great. Like that works for me. That's nine hundred dollars that now I don't have to go work for. Yeah, and I'm like that. That's great. That makes sense to me. But if you ask me like to run numbers on it, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea how uh, those numbers work. I love that. I mean, it's a very contrarian way of looking at real estate investing, um, but it works, right? I mean, that's the point. Is it works for you, mm -hmm. and it's a plan for you and your business. And um, I think that's phenomenal. I mean, and just knowing that, say, hey, like. You don't have to go through a bank. You can close more quickly. You don't have the appraisal, all the reports. You don't have the interest payments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, there is there is benefit to that, but there's also benefit to not having to go through that headache. Yeah. Now, I don't want people to be like, "Holy crap!" It's because he's a millionaire now. It's easy for him. Like you're standing here in front of me. These calluses have never gone away. Like those are real. Like that's never going to go away. So I've worked my whole life for this. But remember that six-unit apartment complex that I was telling you about? Yeah. So remember, I sold that and bought one house cash. So we have a six figure line of credit on that property where that's how we buy houses cash. We rehab the property and then the bank's like, holy crap, you have a $900 tenant on a $60,000 home, they'll refinance it. And then I just pay off the line of credit and then I just do it again. Yeah. And that's a 
and then well, half of that usually goes to the mortgage, the other half comes to me in cash flow, so it'd be four hundred bucks or something. But I don't have any money in the deal, and it's a great strategy. Yeah, so, I love that. Then, so I've become my own bank. Kind yeah, of. becoming your own bank, guys. <laughs> no, don't say it. Like that. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I mean, essentially. Um, so one last thing I wanted to ask before yeah. we dive into our monumental questions: uh, What is one piece of advice that you would have for our monumental listeners, saying, "Hey"? I want to I want to take that next step and grow my business even further uh, or grow multiple businesses but I need more help or I need to figure out how to delegate mm-hmm. um, first thing that I would say sleep on it okay take a moment think about why and what it is you really want don't make my six-unit apartment complex mistake did it make me money yes because most real estate is never going to be a mistake if you find whether it should be a wholesale flip or whatever like most real estate makes sense somehow um but without your why it's it's like using a a, you know a a honda civic to try to pull something that from lowe's i don't know like pulling it you know like trying to haul something yeah It, it, it has a purpose but it's just the wrong purpose so you need to find out your why like why are you doing what you're doing and then scale on that as the backbone so do you why do you need an assistant well, because I want my time back. Okay, so you want your time back. So start digging into why it is you're looking for what you're looking. Yeah. And then you're gonna be able to make the right hires, um, and then you're gonna be able to make the right decisions, business decisions on who to hire, who to partner with, which is really important. Um, figure out your strengths and be honest with yourself. Maybe just get a sheet of paper and fill out what you're good at, what you suck at, and your partner needs to be what you suck at, and it needs to be his strengths. Yep. Um, and that's gonna really help you make the right decisions into scalability. Uh, I love everything you just said and I want to dive into it a little bit further. Sure. So you, you are saying start with your why, mm-hmm. figure out why you're doing this and then figure out what you're good at and what you're bad at mm-hmm. uh, and find people that you can partner with or hire or delegate to that are fill in your bad spots mm-hmm. um, or things you don't want to do. And to that point, what, what did that look like for you? Like did you set aside time like one day and say, hey, I need to figure out what are my strengths or write them down. Like what was that process? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> my wife keeps me very humble. <laughs> and she's like, babe, you are good at sales <laughs> and you are good at sales. <laughs> Everything else you need to stop doing and you need to start delegating. That's awesome. And you know, it's interesting when my mind was free from what I sucked at, yeah. dude, I blossomed. Like I was really able to grow because I'm good at like, you know, sales and like working with contractors and like, like boots on the ground. Cause I speak the language and I don't mean Spanish. I mean like the language of a contractor because I've been there. Mm-hmm. So I know what they're talking about. Yeah. Those are my strengths. But if I sit down with a banker and the banker's like, okay, well what's the cash on cash if you're going to spend a hundred grand and I'm like, yeah, I don't know <laughs> at all, but I know this works, but yeah. that doesn't work for the bank. The bank's going to be like, no, like you can't tell me that. Like you yeah. have to tell me. So. Um, I, I, I found partners that yep. were good at what I was bad at and that process looked like building honest relationships like Evan I can only add value to you in that I'm what I just told you those three things and if that's not what you need right now then let's just be friends but we're probably not gonna be great business partners right so I had this conversation with my business partners I was like hey guys this is what I'm good at and yeah. I'm really good at it but I suck at like finding good loans and good <laughs> rates and like all this stuff. Yeah. So if you can do that and you'd let me do this, dude, we're gonna make a lot of money. Like my rental properties cash flow over a thousand each. Like I don't buy a house that doesn't, and I mean cash flow with an 80% loan on it. 
it has to cash flow a thousand plus and all of mine do that hmm. um, because that's how I, that's what I find. But my business partners have to be able to pull loans, talk to banks, uh, you know, learn the spreadsheets, pay the bill, like just do all the backend stuff. And I'm like, okay, we're going to make a lot of money together, but I really need you guys to know that don't call me <laughs> if it doesn't have to do with this. Yeah. So I love to answer my business partner's phone calls because I know that they're only calling me about what I'm really good at. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. powerful. I think, I think one of the biggest themes I'm hearing out of, out of your experiences is know your strengths and know your weaknesses and just focus on your strengths. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. It's, it's simple. It's simple, guys. Um, and that and a lot of hard work and a, and a lot of sweat equity. My business, or my, my, my mentor one time told me like this. If, you know what an axe, right? Like the axe is pointy and then on the back is like that dull part. Uh-huh. Okay, if you lay that on your lap, the sharp part is your strengths. This part is your weaknesses. If you're gonna cut down a tree, why would you spend time sharpening this side? You're yeah. only gonna spend time sharpening what's already what's already that that angle, that that sharp, but you wanna get it sharper. Yeah. You don't focus on this part. So what you do is you get a partner that maybe has this side sharp, and then both of you guys go at the same tree. Yeah. I and love you that. Get to explode. Guys, find the other side of your axe. Find, <laughs> find, find that for your business. Yeah. Um, Felipe, phenomenal stuff. Let's dive into our monumental questions. Let's go for it. What does success mean to you? Uh, time. That's an easy one. Boom. Yeah, that's really easy. Um, I have money. Yeah. And, uh, and I have time. And I choose time over money all day. Yeah. But I will say this. Don't confuse... So I hear a lot, money doesn't buy happiness. I don't 100% agree with that um, because I've been in a position where I've been able to buy happiness with my money because of my son. If he gets sick, I promise you I'm the first one to get looked at at the hospital. Is that right? Probably not. Um, But my son's health is really important to me and that makes me happy. So my money allows me that, right? Um, So money can buy you the things that can make you happy. Yep. Uh, and sometimes that's time and that's time with my son. Like yesterday we spent most of the day at a bounce place in Hermitage. So my legs are like shaking from jumping all day, <laughs> but my son had the time of his life. Yeah. And I was like, I literally don't have to be anywhere. We can be here as long as his little legs allow yeah. him to be right. And that's happiness. That's so, awesome. I yeah. love that time. Success is time. Easy. Uh, what about daily habits or morning rituals that you have? Yeah. Great question. Um, I love being able to wake up with my family. Um, my son loves to help us make coffee. I don't know why. <laughs> the little, the little uh, Nespresso machine that he loves to do. Um, and then I love being able to get him out the door and his day started in school. I think it's really important because usually the way your day starts is how your day is going to be, right? If you have like a bad morning, like mm-hmm. shoot, the rest of the day is going to yep. pretty much suck. Um, Sunday's church. Um, and then, I mean, really just having my time freedom to do what I want with who I want and whatever I want is a great success for me. Uh, but my morning, my morning mornings is definitely spent with getting my family like started, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and a little secret to that, I also wake up like at six in the morning and I go to the gym and then I'm back home when my family wakes up. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about favorite book or book you are currently reading? Ah, oh, great question. Uh, Life and Air was the one that made me pivot into what I'm good at. Um, it's like millionaire, but life and air. So it's like having an abundance life. Um, and it's just a great book. It's a great story about a, uh, about a gentleman who 
was a contractor making millions of dollars, but his family was like really failing because they were mm. like, dude, you're never home. Yeah. Um, and he really kind of like scaled back and like just started doing his thing um, and realized that he really didn't need all that money. He needed the time. So he started like structuring his life around uh, his time or whatever. Um, and I was like, man, this makes a lot more sense than like, oh, I need a thousand doors to do a thousand. So, no, you just, like, what do you really need? Yeah. And do that. And then your business is going to grow organically, just like mine does now. Like, people are like, how do you find these deals? And I'm like, you know what? I don't. They find me. And that's true. They yeah. really do. I, I can show I you. We that. get emails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that wraps up our monumental questions. Felipe, nice. phenomenal, phenomenal episode. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I love having you on. I love your energy, your your vibe, your persona, your your givingness, your impact for others, mm -hmm. uh, helping others, bringing people into your tribe. Um, so I, I commend you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, dude. I actually freaking love this podcast, but I do have one question for you. Is there anything that you wish that I would have said that I didn't or that you wanted to ask me that we didn't get to? Uh, no, no. I think, I think we, uh, I think yeah. we could definitely keep going though. Yeah, we could. But, <laughs> but for today's podcast episode purposes, it. we'll cut it here, but Done. yeah, we could probably do a couple more episodes. We'll have to do a follow up one. Dude, yeah. thanks for doing this podcast. Everyone yeah. listening, please. Um, you know, continue to listen to what you're doing because the value that you're giving, not only is it free, but if people take action on what they're listening, the sky's the limit. Yeah, Absolutely. 100%. Where can our monumental listeners follow you, reach out to you, or connect with you? Yeah, so Instagram is probably the easiest, Felipe Mejia, R-E-I, and if they spell it right the first time, I'll send them a Venmo or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, uh, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's my Instagram is probably the best. I love it. Guys, follow Felipe on Instagram. Also check out his Rat Race to Five Mastermind group also on Instagram. Uh, and guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to uh, share, subscribe, like, review, do all the things uh, both on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube. And guys, with that, have a monumental day. Mm -hmm.